Welcome to the Creative Entrepreneur Podcast, where mindset and marketing meet purpose, passion, and profits. I'm Bob Baker, and if you're a creative entrepreneur or someone who runs a heart-centered business, you're in the right place. To get a free collection of sample chapters from my books and audiobooks, just pay a quick visit to promoteyourcreativity.com. That's promoteyourcreativity.com. Now, enjoy the episode. Would you like to learn how to vlog like a boss? Not even sure what that means? Well, have no fear because all will be revealed on this episode which features my interview with the proprietor of the Savvy Sexy Social channel on YouTube. And lucky for you, she spills the beans on how to use video and social media to attract fans and build a personal brand. I'm Bob Baker, and this is The Creative Entrepreneur, Season 3, Episode 2. Welcome to The Creative Entrepreneur, the podcast that dishes out marketing and career advice for musicians, writers, visual artists, performers, and creative entrepreneurs of all types. If you don't already, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you consume podcasts. So Amy Schmittauer is the author of the brand new book, Vlog Like a Boss, How to Kill It with the online video blogging. And in this context, kill it is a good thing. I've been following Amy's YouTube channel for a couple of years now, and I'm really impressed with the way that she uses it to express her personality and to teach and to connect with her fans. And so I know you're going to love it. Before we jump into that, I just got to ask you, have you taken my 30 Ways to Become an Empowered Artist course? I've sold it for as much as 99 bucks. There's three and a half hours of online video training, but it can be yours for free. That's right, free. It's super easy to get. All you have to do is visit this webpage at promoteyourcreativity.com. That's promoteyourcreativity.com. And when you enter your name and your email address, I'll put you on the Creative Entrepreneur VIP list, which gives you free access to that course. Also a sample of my book, The DIY Career Manifesto. And you'll get regular updates every time a new episode of the podcast is published. What's not to love? All right, so I know you're ready to vlog like a boss, so let's check out that interview with Amy. Well, on Skype with me right now is Amy Schmidtauer of Savvy Sexy Social. Hi, Amy. How are you? I'm awesome, Bob. How are you? I am fantastic. I know this is a busy month for you because you're like vlogging every day. There's like a lead up to your very first book, and I want to welcome you to the Published Author Club. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's about time. I know. I've been, I've been trucking for a while. It's finally here. Yeah, have to talk, we're definitely going to talk more about the uh, the book, but this is, yeah, you've been vlogging every day and you've probably been doing a ton of interviews. This is like one of many just today alone. Or, <laughs> yes, one of many. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah, so I've been following you, I think for a couple of years, maybe or a year and a half or so on, cool. on YouTube and just really admire your a, approach and your personality and all that and, and all the cool stuff that you share and so uh so let, well, let me ask you if like if you meet somebody at, the, at a party and they don't know you and they say um so amy what do you do how do you how do you answer that question i tell them i make videos on the internet <laughs> that's short and sweet 
And, that's and then it. they're like, huh. Okay. And I'm like, don't worry. It's not that kind. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't actually. I, I try to set the tone for a comfortable conversation, not an uncomfortable conversation. Um, I tell people that I help small businesses with their online presence because that's what I do. It's not necessarily always going to be a brick and mortar shop down the street. It might be an individual who's starting sort of their own side hustle or trying to launch a personal brand in some capacity or an e-business or it maybe it is that brick and mortar. But Savvy Sexy Social has been a channel tailored to help people try to figure out the online space in a way that's not going to be such a chore for them. My promise has always been you'll learn something from me in every video and we're going to have fun doing it. Because when I started the channel, it was such a sort of pain for these businesses to figure out why they needed a Facebook page when everybody was saying they needed a Facebook page and it's free. What could it do for us? And well, if it's free, are you free to help us help, you know, do this whole thing? Mm -hmm. So at the time I wanted to just make it easy on these businesses to learn that. And that's how the channels continue to grow. And so that's really what it's for. And additionally, sort of, that's the that's sort of like the marketing front, but that's also what I do. You know, once you decide to take that next step to work with me, whether you're buying an online product or if you are hiring me to coach with you, that's, I'm, I'm doing even more of that work, more hands-on. So that's cool. what I tell people when I go to a party and they ask me what I do. <laughs> nice. Over the hors d'oeuvres or whatever. Yes, that's right. Um, and so you mentioned the word easy. And so I guess a lot of people when they, uh, so, so you, as, as you know, I cater a lot to artists, so to to musicians and writers and authors and mm -hmm. visual artists and so on and i do all those things myself in fact those are some of my paintings on the background uh, on the yeah, wall gorgeous. behind me thank you but a lot of uh well just people in general but even creative people are resistant to um they they, they think the social media has to be hard or it's a chore that they have to add and this you know necessary evil and so what are your thoughts on making that a little bit more digestible for for folks well you know it's 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 tough because I also think that they would also categorize social media as this place where they're supposed to take their amazing uh, product that they've created, which is also kind of content and give it away for free. And so social media can have this really negative connotation for people that sell content as a living, you know, much like a musician does. But unfortunately, that's what today is all about. It's all about connecting you with your audience. And for you to, it may not be easy and it may sound hard and it may even be hard depending on how much access sort of you have had with technology and how used to it you are as well. But this is how, this is how artists are being made today is that direct connection with their audience and potential audience. And I can think of a few absolutely incredible musicians that have catapulted to the top of the charts today. And, uh, it's all because they've just connected with people with these social tools that have the ability to give you as much press as sort of traditional media has always given you the ability to do. So if you think about the fact that you're taking your press release and keeping it in your hands and doing it your way and communicating with your audience the way you want to, not the way somebody else asks you to, then uh, I think it can be really special rather than this difficult thing you need to add on. Right. And I always think about it, you know, because as people, because I've been teaching marketing for years and a lot of creative people in general have this sort of mm -hmm. disdain or some, some, some of them have very, every, everything from their, they know they need to do it and they're confused about it to they actually hate it, which is not a very good, but yet when right. I ask them, well, what do you think about the idea of 
sharing your music and your art with the people who would really enjoy being exposed to it. And they go, oh, yeah, I, I, I'm down for that. That's really what marketing is. It's sharing. It's, I, I it refer is. to it as a strategic form of sharing, <laughs> you know, yes. where you put some thought into it. Right. Um, your evolution, if I'm not mistaken, where you started uh, blogging like a personal blog or channel first before you started the Savvy Sexy Social, which was more of a tips and best practices. So you were just kind of doing your own personal vlog. Yeah, that's how I got my first exposure to YouTube. I'd made my first video and uh, I was trying to find a way that if I, you know, I loved editing, I wanted to make more of these things. This is sort of just a creative outlet for me outside of my full-time gig. And I just loved it. How can I make these things and make them shareable? That's how I discovered YouTube, not because it was this thing where people were going and becoming famous. I suppose that was happening, but I, it wasn't why I was using it. I was using it because it was a great tool. I could upload videos there get a link, send a link to my friends so they could watch what I made. So that's how I got started. And then it turned into sort of a personal life casting channel, which is what a lot of people know as vlogging today is sort of, here's what my day looks like and, and short, sort of showing that off. That's how I started. That was Schmatastic, the original YouTube channel that I started. And what happened was I learned so much while, while having that presence about marketing and community building and online. I mean, I had a computer most of my life, but this was just sort of a new avenue of what I had kind of learned over all those years that I had the ability to do. That's how I started getting connected with small businesses that were saying, this is kind of crazy that you're uploading videos online. Cause again, this is 2009, 2010. Uh, we're just trying to grasp the idea of having a Facebook page. So can you help us with that? So when I really realized what I was doing was actually a skill set that was something people wanted to pay for. Maybe not at that moment in time. That still took a little bit of time for people to realize social media was an expense. But when that time came, you know, I'd, I'd grown a lot of experience in that area. So when I decided to start the business full time, it was no longer this sort of side hustle, which it was for about a year and a half. 2011, when I left my full time job, I knew I needed a designated place to kind of build this thought leadership. And the upside was I knew a lot about video and how to make a video interesting, but um, no one knew how I was in this space. It wasn't going to make sense for me to put that on my existing channel because that channel served a different purpose and a different audience. This was an audience who may have cared about me because it was a channel about me, but they may not have been a business or been thinking about business. They just liked watching entertaining videos online. So I thought I need to start a designated space on YouTube where I can make learning about this side of marketing fun for a small business. And that's how Savvy Sexy Social started. Cool. So do you, so what year did you get on YouTube with your own personal vlog around, you said late or 2009-ish? I, yeah, well, I joined YouTube in 2007. So like I'm coming up on 10 years, but the actual schmatastic channel sort of like, I'm actually going to make videos on the internet and really go hard on this. Really. I, I think I started it in 2008 and really started going at it in 2009. And then 2011 ish was when you said that's when 2011 you quit, March, when you, 2011 is when savvy, sexy social launched. Cool. And then, so that at that point, when you launched that, you were thinking maybe I can turn this into something, but you were still working a day job at that point. No, oh. I was working the day job at through 2010. The Savvy okay. Sexy Social launched when it was like, this is a thing. 
I'm making money now. Now I need to make more money because I just left my cushy job. I need a place for my thought leadership. I knew I needed the website and the blog, but what everybody else had going for them that was sort of the thought leaders in the space at the time was that they were great writers. They could turn on a webcam and talk for 10 minutes and people would hang on their every word because they had already sort of built an audience. But I needed to stand out by making really good video about what, what people wanted to know. So that's why I started the YouTube channel. I actually had not started a designated space to talk about marketing until I went full-time on my own. Cool, cool. Because I know sometimes some people uh, go, yeah, I mean, they get serious about online marketing or creating a business when they like when they lost their job or, or whatever. <laughs> so I got to do something. Right. And so they do this thing. Uh, it sounds like you were a similar path to me where I built up my book business where there's like my, for me, it's like 13 years ago, last time I had a day job and I quit it because I was actually starting to make more money from my books and sideline, side hustle right. as they call it now. Right. So that was your, that was your story too. You were, you saw a, a build up and said, oh heck, I can do this on my own yeah. with, without the day gig. That's exactly right. That's, I mean, it was a tough decision and I think it always is for everybody, but it was just for me, there was, there was no reason not to make that decision because I was fairly young. I didn't, I don't have kids, you know, I didn't have like a mortgage or anything. It was just sort of like, if I'm going to try this self-employment thing, I should do it now so that I can come back to plan B if it's like a horrible disaster. (laughs) But, um, I had already been doing so well with my side hustle clients at the time, um, that it was, it was great. It was great. It's so if, if I'm not mistaken, the last time I, uh, earlier today when I looked at savvy, sexy, social. Like I always think about the order of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why is it that- A lot that... of people get it wrong, so I appreciate that. <laughs> I know, because you even you even clarified in the information that you sent, because people want to put sexy first, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or bring typically sexy the, back. Typically, the guys like to have sexy. Yeah. <laughs> That's just natural. I understand. <laughs> so- so uh, yeah, I'm really slowing down to get it to get it to get it. I don't want to be a stereotype. <laughs> um, but I think you have uh, currently uh, like fifty two thousand subscribers. Does that sound about right? Something like that. Fifty so, four or something. Yeah. So numbers. So what, the reason I bring that up because numbers are kind of relative. Like so, I actually got on YouTube in two thousand six. So I'm like around eleven. Or yeah, I'm, I'm over 10, 10 years, and I just surpassed four thousand subscribers. I've got like two hundred and fifty videos up there. So when you think about the long, the, the number of years that I've been on there, and I've kind of been in the online space, you could say that's kind of lame. Although for some people, that's like oh four thousand, cool. So you're you know so you're well beyond me in a probably shorter number of years that you've been serious at it. But yet there are people out there that have a quarter of a million, half a millions of subscribers. So, so it all depends on who you're comparing yourself to. So, but I think you're a great example that you don't have to have millions or even a half a million to, to make a viable business yeah. uh, and get a, a, a book deal, you know, or whatever. Any, any thoughts on, on how to, yeah, on how much people should focus on the numbers versus the quality and, and how they leverage it? I think it's very easy to get caught up in comparison. I mean, social media gave us this amazing ability for us to constantly be compared to each other with numbers. Uh, I, you know, I get the comment frequently that like, why are you writing a book about vlogging when you clearly are like not even in the grand scheme of things, not doing that well. But I actually say that that's a terrible way to measure yourself. And the reality is what I have done is different. And I know that I have a community that cares about what I'm talking about. They come back for every video. They support me when I'm going rogue on my channel right now and just vlogging my life, which I don't typically do. I get in front of the camera and I share actionable advice and then I let them go on their merry way, but they're still watching. And so it's so important for you to 
look at context of the things that you measure. You should measure things like views and watch time and things like that, just to make sure that there's an uptick and things are happening and subscribers, of course, as well. But what I'm also looking at is what's, what are the likes, you know, what are the, the likes per video or the comments and what are people saying in the comments? Are they actually putting thought into those things? I don't get a ton of sort of like hate comments yeah. because people are so excited about what they're learning in the video and they're talking through the thing that they're being helped with now and how, how helpful it is. So, um, there are a lot of things to measure and instead of measuring yourself against someone else, I think you should measure yourself against yourself. Yeah. And so, you know, maybe if you're at 4,000 subscribers and you haven't been uploading a lot of content in a year and you haven't moved in a year, there, there's plenty of good ways to measure the fact that that would make sense, you know? Uh, but if you are working really hard and you're not seeing an uptick where you think you should be seeing an uptick, then maybe you need to reassess what you're doing and go a different direction. Measure yourself against yourself because right. it's not everyone else that like a YouTube is comparing you to. They are looking for your activity to make a change so that they can go. Something positive is happening here. We want to send more search traffic. We want to send more referral traffic their way. If you're keeping people on their platform to watch, they want you to have subscribers and views and anything you want because you're making them more money. It has nothing to do with where you are on a scale of everybody else. As a matter of fact, this month, uh, YouTube rolled out a creator sort of discovery, like up and comer section of YouTube so that you can watch more people with more like 10,000 subscribers rather than the 100,000 to 1 million juggernauts. So go and, and dive into that. They do care about how you're doing against yourself. Are you approaching your channel as something that you want to improve or is it just a dumping zone for your videos? A lot of people treat YouTube like a dumping zone for videos because they don't have the patience to see what happens with the growing of a channel. They see the upside to uploading to Facebook because you get sort of these inflated views where people may or may not actually be watching right. on the newsfeed. And so that's frustrating. You want to see the numbers, but if you actually look at the impact of what a, a, a YouTube channel with 50 to a hundred thousand subscribers is versus a Facebook channel that maybe has a few likes, but gets thousands of views on every video. You'll see a big difference because the influence level of somebody where somebody decided to click play on the video on YouTube versus let it play with or without audio on Facebook there. It's just a massive disconnect. Right. So I, measure yourself against yourself. And I tell you this from experience, when YouTube sees that your numbers are starting to rise, they push things your way because yeah. they want you to continue to do well, but you can only continue to do better. If you look at what you've done and, and go against that, measure yourself against that to do better. Great. Great. And there's different ways to monetize either YouTube or any kind of online exposure Absolutely. and like, you yeah, can the, monetize and the anything. Like, yeah. If you have actual influence of, of people and you are helping them, you can monetize anything, go out and get a sponsor. If you have to get paid for every single video, show them what value you can present to them. If it's not numbers, right away. You can monetize anything you want to. People want this super easy answer of like, oh, well, 
how much is your AdSense rate? Because mine might be the same. How much are you making? How, yeah. how could you possibly? They want it to be so easy that it fits into a box. It's not easy to fit into a box because it's sales. If you don't know how to sell yourself, then you're not going yeah. to be able to monetize anything. And YouTube is not paying very much in terms of AdSense unless you are in the millions. Right. It's very hard to sustain, sustain yourself. The people that know how to make money with video are the ones that have figured out multiple revenue models. There's ads, there's sponsors, there's affiliate, there's a, there's product. There's a million things you can do to make money. Coaching you don't have to wait for a special number. Yeah. Anything, anything. Yeah. The big chunk of my audience are musicians. Um, and so I guess there's some maybe some obvious ways, but how would you and, – and you and, and video in particular is your specialty. Anything come to mind? Any ex examples you could think of of creative things that musicians have, have done? Yes, yes. I think – the hardest part of being a musician is, uh, and, and this is anybody, this is not just musicians. I'm not putting you in a box, but <laughs> everybody does this to some level, but musicians do this very well and they romanticize their music and your music is amazing. The content you create is amazing and it deserves all the credit in the world for your work. But where musicians get into trouble with marketing is that they think their product is the best product in the world. If we were to compare to a notebook company and the notebook company says, I am, this is the best notebook in the entire world. Their instinct is to put their notebook in every single video, in every single Instagram post, in every single tweet. And the problem with that is you're just pushing product. So when you're a musician and you're doing that, you're just pushing product. You're not trying to let people in. You're not trying to let them, you know, get closer to you and you're not trying to relate to them. So the actionable advice I give here is find a way to balance your original work with work that people know. The reason why we see videos go viral on YouTube a lot of the time is because it's a cover of music that yeah. people already know. So there's relatability there. Musicians like to romanticize the fact that their music is the best and they don't want to perform someone else's work because they're better than that mm. or they don't want to give anybody else mm. the time of day. And that is the complete opposite of collaboration. You don't have to know Elvis Presley to do a cover of his song. You can collaborate with him in that way and you can start to pick up steam in your online presence by offering a song people know and love and have good memories of and, and get to know you in the meantime. In addition to sharing sort of who you are and how you like to do things in your business and how you perform music and some behind the scenes stuff, I think musicians write off covers way too much when they're actually the best way from an SEO perspective and a relatability perspective on YouTube, especially to connect with people. People listen to music on YouTube all the time. It's one of the reasons why the YouTube app works continuously Why, when you close it now. I think that's only YouTube Red. But it's so that I can listen to music in YouTube, not leave YouTube, but not have to have my phone on in front of me. Mm -hmm. Think about how much a relatable piece of music that may have inspired you in your early times can help you connect with other people. I think that's the biggest thing that, that is overlooked. Yeah. I, I've even done that with my artwork which I, I referenced earlier and i specialize in celebrity portraits so those mm -hmm. that's like my version of a, of a of a visual art cover song where i do yeah. i do things of, of well-known people and so people aren't searching for me as an artist but they're searching for art you know our portraits of their favorite celebrities and i've sold a lot of prints and originals and people just discovering me that way so i totally yeah. tapped into that Absolutely. Uh, or let's talk about this book it's called vlog like a box and just for the i mean a boss boss 
house. Uh, and so vlogs. We're just, <laughs> like a box. I don't know where that came from. Uh, but uh, so vlog just for people is the combination of the word video and blog. Um, and blog was originally because I've been around a long time. Is it was was web log. That's so log. It's all these amalgamations of words. I know. You know. I actually talk about that in the book because there's this whole like, well, what is a vlog section? I'm like, well, we got to go all the way back to what a web blog is because <laughs> right. it's just all these different words being hodgepodge together. <laughs> it's a, and what's the uh, sub the subtitle? How to kill it online with video blogging. And were you were you tempted to use the word instead of kill it, crush it, to borrow from Vi- Gary Vaynerchuk? Oh, I would have <laughs> loved that, but I don't know. I didn't. Uh, that, I also say kill it a lot. I definitely say crush it a lot because that was yeah. one of the first business books that inspired me. But no, I think I needed something to be all my own. I do like to borrow from Gary V, but I didn't want to borrow yeah. that. In fact, <laughs> I was, I just re- realized you have used music videos. You've you've done reviews of two of his books doing a music video. So you have. Right? Used that same thing and got his attention the first time and oh yeah oh yeah well uh you'll read about that in the book excitingly enough Uh, that is the that's the introduction you get to hear how i met gary v and how that inspired that first music video am i correct in assuming that the book is not self-published that it's traditionally published i actually published with a collaborative publisher so uh it's it's called author academy elite and they helped me um kind of get it out there and in bookstores and things like that but they're a wonderful company that helped me kind of have more control over the work uh, than a traditional publisher would. So, yeah. Cool. Did you have any uh, publishers or agents who are like approaching you at, at some point? Since, like, so then you got a lot of exposure uh, where you've, you've been doing a lot of speaking and hanging out with some other high profile people in the internet marketing world. So sometimes opportunities come to you or did you just you sought this out knowing you should have a book out? I've definitely had conversations with traditional publishers in the past. I just never heard anything that I really wanted to hear from them, unfortunately, Um, because regardless, I knew I needed this book. It was, it was going to get self-published traditionally, but it didn't matter to me as a professional speaker. It was just a a hugely missed opportunity for me to not have a book because so many people do enjoy learning in that medium. And who am I to say what medium you should learn in? I personally think you can go watch a bunch of free YouTube videos, (laughs) but if you would rather have it in a book, then I've finally written it. So it just, finally took me time to, to get it done and decide where I wanted to get it done. Yeah, and I just I had to have to ask as an, as an author, uh, I've been doing this for a long time. I think I mentioned before we started recording that my 14th book just came out. Um, Crazy! And so this is your, what was, the, what was the experience like of creating a book for you the first time? Uh, it was crazy. It was really, <laughs> really crazy. Uh, I started writing it at the beginning of last year that did not work out because I kind of had the idea that I could wake up every morning, write for a couple of hours and then go about my day and I'll get the book done when I get the book done. And even if that took, you know, six months, it wasn't the best way to do it because I felt like you really were getting going around two hours in, like you, you shouldn't stop yourself at that point. Mm-hmm. And therefore all the writing I was doing just felt very broken. So what ended up happening was I knew I needed to mark the time completely off my calendar to write. So by the time I finally had no travel, no speaking, no crazy client commitments, it was in August. And so I marked out the time in August and I got the book done. And so that 
what I th- thought was the hardest part. <laughs> and <laughs> since then, I've just discovered a world of things that are the harder part. Oh, yeah. And so, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to launch day because it will mean all of the little tiny details are finally done. And the launch date is at the end of January. Is it January 31st? January 31st. Which I should be publishing this just uh, right prior to that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that coming out. And so where can people, can, I guess they'll get the book on Amazon. Uh, where, where, where would you suggest like people to, to go to get the book and then to learn more about you? Well, since you're watching this or, or listening to it on launch day, then I suggest you go to vloglikeaboss.com to pick up your copy, which will take you to Amazon, but you'll find out about all the bonuses that we have going on if you decide to pick up that book today. Awesome. So vloglikeaboss.com. And then you're, uh, you, if they want to follow you on YouTube and they're not doing so? If you just want to go to the channel, there's a really easy way to remember it. You can just go to amy.video, and that will redirect you to my YouTube channel. Really? Amy.video? Really? That's a URL? Yep. <laughs> wow, I'm going to try that out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much. And again, welcome to the Published Authors Club. Thank you. Uh, it's a it's a It's a nice place to be. You're gonna, I guess you'll get the official smoking jacket, and you'll give you the, the, de- <laughs> the decoder ring, and somebody will teach you the secret handshake, I'm sure. Thank goodness. Yes. <laughs> God, I'm waiting for that secret handshake of so the, awesome. the Published Authors <laughs> it's a pleasure to connect with you after uh, watching you and enjoying your videos for a couple of uh, years. So I wish you continued success and, and thanks a lot for sharing your wisdom today. Thank you for having me, Bob. I really appreciate it. Well, I sure hope you enjoyed that interview with Amy as much as I did. You can check out Amy's new book at vloglikeaboss.com. And here's your homework. Use online video. Are you using it? Are you playing around with Facebook Live? Have you started a YouTube channel? Have you been at least recording yourself on your smartphone, assuming that it has video capabilities? Because it takes a while to get comfortable on camera. So the time to start doing that is now. Again, I encourage you to subscribe to the podcast to get on the Creative Entrepreneur VIP list. As I mentioned before, just go to promoteyourcreativity.com and I'll even give you access to my free course, 30 Ways to Become an Empowered Artist and some other goodies. So go there now, promoteyourcreativity.com. Also, if you like what I'm doing here with the podcast, you can support my efforts by becoming a patron. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Bob Baker to check out all the perks you get by supporting me at various levels, and you will help with the Empowered Artist Movement in my ongoing effort to educate, inspire, and empower creative people around the world. I would really appreciate your help and support in that effort. Again, just go to patreon.com slash Bob Baker. Thanks a lot for listening. I appreciate everything you do to express your creativity and share it with the world. I'm Bob Baker saying so long for now.